Welcome to this new episode of The Realistic Optimist. In this episode, I talk to Shayla and Paul, who work at Sour World. Sour World is a Ugandan organization that helps youth set up micro-businesses that allow them to sustain themselves economically and benefit the community as a whole. I hope you enjoy. Thank you, Timothy. Um, Sour World, and you beautifully explained it. We're an organization, um, a non-NGO, uh, an organization that facilitates large-scale access to simple and locally created business skills to unemployed youth that live in extreme poverty. Um, the youth can instantly apply the business skills that they learn to start small-scale businesses in one to three months. Um, they gain income and also transform their lives. Um, the uniqueness with Sour World is that the business skills are found by inspiring social entrepreneurs um, who leave themselves in vulnerable communities, but have freely um, come up and raised up to share their solutions through peer-to-peer -peer trainings that we hold at Sour World. And they also get to act as powerful local mentors to the youth that they train. So these solutions, we share them through um, conducting um, training sessions, but we also have some support learning tools that we also use like how to videos, posters, um, we also encourage them using our website. So in brief, that's our world. Awesome. And, and give me uh, give me some examples of uh, the types of skills that you teach. So we teach skills. First of all, the skills um, that we teach can be learned in one to three days. They require startup capital is about five um, US dollars to 25 US dollars. They use local resources and materials. And um, a young person that gets to learn the particular business can be able to set up a business within one to three months. So examples are um, business skills like fuel eco-briquettes, um, eco-fuel stoves, reusable sanitary pads, notebook making, and uh, like Paul here makes African hands, um, handmade sandals. Okay, awesome. And so obviously the, the artisan and, and the hand skills are, are important, but do you also guide the entrepreneurs in you know, basic business fundamentals so that they can, they can be uh, informed when they start their business, how to manage their costs and stuff like that? Yes, we definitely do. Um, we talk about marketing on the first day. We really dive deep to just give them an, ex an example of what it's going to be like. Yes, you've learned the skill, but this is what the world is going to look like once the business is open. And we're very privileged that we have the entrepreneurs training. So they, the youth get to learn firsthand from their own experiences. Um, what it's like to set up a business. So the entrepreneur gets to share their stories of this is how I started with this much money. Um, it took me this long to start. This is how I um, handled my customers. This is um, these are the skills that I implemented when maybe I wanted to enlarge my business and um, scale. So we get to give them a really good overview and in-depth training of what setting up a business, first of all, learning a skill, but what setting up a business is going to be like. And then afterwards, we follow, we follow up with them to make sure that their businesses are thriving and running. 
Okay, so it's basically the community learning from each other and from their successes and, and, and challenges, um, which is really cool. And I had a question, Shayla, last question before I turn to Paul. Um, can you tell me a bit more about the Solution Center? Uh, because I saw the video online, it looks really nice. So, you know, how does it operate? Is it open all the time? Uh, and uh, yeah, how, how does that structure kind of centralize uh, Sawa World's operations? Thank you. Thank you so much for asking about the Solution Center. So the Solution Center is, um, the vision is to have a one-stop center in Kampala where unemployed youth come and get to learn um, all the different solutions that we have, the solutions, I mean, business skills that we have. They're ex exhibited all around us. Um, in fact, if you ever have an opportunity um, to come to Uganda, you're highly invited, Timothy. So they come um, and we have bi-weekly workshops um, every month and they get to learn different skills from our trainers. We have an area where um, it's that library. So all those videos that you've seen on the website are shown. Um, they get to interact with the team. Um, so it's, it's a one-stop center for anyone that's looking for business um, skills, ideas, that's looking to engage with the community, that's looking to be inspired, learning about if it's marketing, if it's urban farming, if it's um, reusable sanitary pads or fuel stoves. So I would say that it's a place to be for any young person that's interested in entrepreneurship. Okay, awesome. Uh, I want to turn to Paul now uh, with a very simple question first. How did you how did you come upon Sawa World and how did you first get involved? Thank you, Timothy. Now I got to Sawa World. My first time at Sawa World was when they had a Sawa World's Day of 2018. I was interested in knowing what does Sawa World do exactly because I had seen Sour World and I had heard about Sour World in my community, but I didn't know actually what they are doing because I would see many things written around the fence. Like the, I, I had very many questions. I didn't know whether they deal in agriculture, whether they deal in salon making or they deal in paper bags or what. So I was interested in knowing what exactly does Sour World do and I. I, I came to attend the South World's Day event. This is when I learned that they had a, a competition or a contest, a video contest for, for that event, which I got to participate in and I became a first runners up. So ever since then, I'm part of South World as a solution entrepreneur or a spark. Thank you. Um, Timothy, just to add to what um, Paul was saying about the Sarawal Day. So we hold different um, events on how we get to share with the community our local uh, income business skills. So the Sarawal Day, it's a day where we get to celebrate, exhibit all the different entrepreneurs that we work with. They all come together one day, get to demonstrate um, practically what they're doing and we invite the public free of charge to come and learn instantly from different booths that we would have set up and after learning it's hands-on uh, simple techniques they go back home and then we 
get to follow them up and see if they've started businesses, um, what they did. And we've had over 12,000 um, people come to those Sour World Day events. So the one poll that he's talking about, we wanted to scale up and see how young people who are innovating and doing amazing stuff could share um, their stories through a video, like one minute video and tell us why they should be chosen to be part of us, our family. So that's how we met Paul. And um, yeah, what he said, he was the first runners up and um, ever since then we've worked with him. Awesome, and, and Paul, um, how did you come up with the, I mean, why did you choose the, the sandals industry? Is it something you knew beforehand or you just, it, it looked good? Yes, I started the Sandals business way back in 2014 when I was, when I had just joined my university as a first year student at my university. I needed a source of income that would sustain me through, throughout the, the university life. So I had to, to come up with something that, I could, that could get me some, some money daily for, for me to sustain my life. So that is how I started doing sandals. And I, I, I went on learning new techniques and learning new technologies and innovating, innovatively sourcing new materials. That is where I came up with an idea of using my old jeans and using cut tire treats, getting them from old used cut tires to come up with sandals, actually which, which materials enabled me become the first runners up in the video context, in the video contest of 2018 Sawal Day. Wow, that's, I mean, that's very resourceful to kind of use the, the materials at your, at your disposal. And, uh, you know, I looked at the website, uh, I looked at your story, and, and more specifically, I looked at the learning manual that you did uh, for Sandals. And, uh, you know, the, the question I had was, um, in, the, in the United States and Europe, uh, the concept of business is very competitive in the sense that people are like, oh, I can't share my idea with anyone because I don't want them to steal it. And you, you know, you, you, in the learning manual, you kind of explain literally every single part of your business uh, to the entire community. So, you know, how did you deal with, uh, you know, were, were you scared that someone would steal your idea or, or were you like, no, I mean, th this is me giving back to the community. I don't see a problem with it. Actually, I, I treasure so much, or oh, I, I become happy whenever, whenever I see a fellow youth learning my skill. I'm, I'm not that protective of my skill because I didn't learn this skill or I didn't, I didn't go to school to learn how to make sandals. I learned how to make sandals because I was in need of an income and it was the only activity in which I would venture to get some money in my pocket. So the, I have a profession that I studied in school Although apparently I don't practice it because the sandals have given me some good work to do, but I still feel like the, the, all the youths that need an income and 
have not yet got a chance to practice what they, they are studying in school or what they studied at university can venture in this activity to get some money like I did, because the world will be a better world if we are all living a better life. That is what I believe. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, that, that's the right way to look at business, in my opinion. Um, right. I, had, I had one more question for you, Paul. You know, how was, uh, first of all, what are your plans for the future? So, you know, do you, do you plan on staying in the sandal industry? Do you want to grow, maybe open more shops? Um, and second, you know, what impact did Sawa World have on your business? And, you know, do they continuously provide support or, or you know, how, how are they positively impacting uh, what you do? Thank you, Timothy, on that. Now, the first challenge, the first and biggest challenge I faced in the sandals industry is lack of trained labor or lack of skilled labor. And it gave me a challenge that I had to train other people in order for me to work with them. So first of all, Sour World has helped me, has created, has created a platform for me and funded the process of me training other youths, which at some point have become a source of labor for me. And in, in, in training other youths elsewhere where I train with Sour World, in, by then I, I get, I add on my experience of transferring this skill that I have accumulated over the time from my head to other people's heads. So with this experience, I can now easily train anyone. I can get you off the street and train you to work with me. So one of the biggest benefits or one of the biggest impacts Sawald has done to, my, to, to me and my business, it has, it has given me a platform and funded the process of me gaining experience or learning how to transfer the skill from my head to other people. And this has cleared the problem or the challenge of lack of skilled labor, because now I can skill in labor to become skilled labor available for me. And then it has brought several opportunities which we venture in and we can, and we scale up. Sawal brought, brought for me an opportunity to, grant, to go for further studies in Nairobi in the year 2019. I came back with, with a broader perspective of sandal making, where I even learned how to make closed shoes. Then with, with, with the funds I got, I, with, with the funds I received, from being the first runners up of the Sawal Day 2018, we managed to scale up our equipment. And we've recent, we've just got a financial investment, which, which also managed to add on our machines. So in that way, Sawal has really positively impacted on our growth in the community and on my growth and my business individually. Okay, awesome. Um, 
Well, that's a great story. First of all, congratulations for, for everything because that, that's awesome. Um, Sheila, I wanted to ask you, um, does Sawa World yes. only operate in Uganda? Are there plans to expand? Are you know other organizations replicating the Sawa World model in their own communities? Thank you, Timothy, for asking. Um, we, we do um, have a plan. At the moment, we're operating within Uganda, but we our plan is to have Sawa World, really. We call it a gift to the world. Um, where we are celebrating um, different solutions happening, if it's in agriculture, if it's in health, if it's in education or entrepreneurship, um, all those solutions should be celebrated, highlighted, given a platform for different young people to be inspired and to learn. So um, we really are working on um, having our model, first of all, um, really scale deep and have an impact in Uganda. Then from there, um, we're able to branch off into the world. Currently, um, there are different countries where we've tested the model. We've worked with different partners in Tanzania. We've had um, different partners in Kenya also um, work with us. We um, recently, even during COVID-19, um, we had such entrepreneurs like Paul do trainings on WhatsApp and the trainings went as far as Nigeria. Uh, we had some people from Kenya joining our WhatsApp group and learn and give feedback on the impact that um, is happening in their communities, just basically because of learning such um, business skills. So we definitely have um, scaling up um, within our plans in the near future. Okay, awesome. Um, I had another question. So, you know, considering, uh, I mean, talking about the learning, um, how do you get out, how do you get those materials out to the biggest number of people? Because I looked around and I mean, it's super concise, it's super useful, it's very straight yes. to the point. Um, you know, so how do you get it out to the, to the biggest amount of, of, of potential entrepreneurs out there? So um, the materials, it's very easy because we have a, a particular criteria that we follow um, when selecting these businesses, when working with the different entrepreneurs um, like Paul, we make sure that the, the resources that are used, the materials can easily be found within the communities. Um, in fact, when we're going for a particular training, we do an, a needs assessment and make sure that um, all the businesses that are going to be trained, um, young people can easily source um, those materials around them. If not, uh, we work with the entrepreneurs to guide us on how we could um, transport them or how fast they could be found. So we do a good research um, before sharing uh, different solutions to make sure that anyone around could easily be able to source the materials. Okay. And so as an organization, what are the biggest challenges that you faced, you know, maybe starting up uh, or trying to gain traction behind the project? And then what are the challenges that you still face today and that are still a, are still a daily struggle? Um, the challenges, I would say, just trying to gain um, off ground um, have been the mindset, I would say, among young people. Sometimes um, when we have different trainings, the way they're received, they come in thinking it's going to be a handout um, because unfortunately 
that's how the old models have uh, have worked before. So when we come in with a new approach saying solutions are within, they're already existing. Um, here's a particular entrepreneur that lives right within your community that's making a difference, someone that you could learn from. It takes them about a minute to, um, they're inspired, yes, but to have that drive to say, tomorrow I'm also doing the same. Um, it's taken us some time, but I'm glad that it's picking up. Uh, there is a lot of motivation and right now, especially with the um, climate where things are changing every day, they're getting to realize that you know we need something out of the box, out of what we have known every day to be able to earn a living, transform our lives. So I'd say mindset was a big, big challenge, still is sometimes in some communities. Um, the other one is funding, um, not being able to have enough with all the many ambitious dreams that we have as an organization. Um, our, our vision is really to reach out to a billion young people around the world. So sometimes uh, not having enough resources to do as much pilot projects as we would like has also been a challenge if it's in different parts of Uganda or working with um, some other groups of people, let's say refugees. So not having enough funding has definitely been a challenge, but uh, we're working on that with different key people that support us. Um, and sometimes, of course, different structures when you're setting up an organization that also comes into play, uh, working with the government and different things also sometimes is a challenge, but uh, we've had a really, really good uh, reception and uh, momentum gained in the communities because they go to see that we work for them and everything that we were about was to highlight and create a platform to share different things and different in business skills that we had in our communities. Yeah. And is, uh, is Sour World set up as, a, as an NGO or as a social enterprise? Sour World is an NGO at the moment. Um, we are, that social enterprise is where we're headed. We've already said testing and um, looking to what we do and finding different ways that um, could support some of the services that we carry out. If it's maybe um, working with the different entrepreneurs to create different products that we can sell on special holidays like the Sawal birthday or um, the Christmas holidays and different things like that. So it's what we have in the pipeline. Okay, awesome. Uh, Paul, I have, a, I have a question for you now. Um, what are some pieces of advice that you would give to either, you know, someone or a, a young person who's hesitant about joining the Soul World program or, uh, you know, first time entrepreneur who's starting their, their very first project? Uh, you know, what, what pieces of advice do you have and what mistakes did you make that you wouldn't want them to make? Thank you, Timothy. My advice to my fellow youths out there is that when you have an idea, don't cling so much, don't cling only on that, on that idea or only on that ambition you have. There, there are always other smaller options which you can start doing now that can, that can lift you up your ambition. Yes, you can start doing that small skill now to get to get some money now, 
as you wait for that bachelor's degree, as you wait for that master's degree, as you wait for that fancy job you want, there are still these other skills. You, you might be doing something, you might be cooking very well at home, but you can cook very well for some money. Get some money as you wait for the other bigger money you want. Because sometimes the big things take a while to come around. Yet the life is always continuous and it is always on the move. Okay, well, that's an valuable piece of advice. Um, I'd like to talk to both of you about something that Shayla sent me, uh, the Ujana Coffee Project. So can you tell me a bit more about that? Because I feel like from the, the look of it, it's kind of a bigger scale project than the individual projects that Sawa World supports. Yes, thank you. So the coffee, the Ujana Coffee Project, Ujana means youth um, in Kiswahili. So youth coffee project um, was to, diverse, to diversify income of youth coffee farmers in Uganda. And we looked at several um, districts that we were working in. The main goal is knowing that young people um, have a lot of potential, a lot of energy, a lot of zeal. Um, they're working within the, agricult the agriculture sector, specifically coffee. But um, because of one or two other factors, challenges, especially when you get to harvest coffee only twice in the year, they get to ask, how can I make additional income? Um, maybe this is not as profitable as I want. So most young people were leaving their communities and coming to the urban centers like Kampala to do other odd jobs that could get them money easily, instantly to support their families and businesses. So as our world, working with the Lavazza Foundation um, that supported us fin financially to be able to go out into our communities uh, with entrepreneurs like Paul and give them an opportunity to say, we have a wide range of different um, businesses that some are related to coffee. Um, that was our main goal. Um, adding value to coffee if it's using coffee husks to cultivate mushrooms, if it's using coffee itself to bake cakes with the coffee flavored cakes, if it's using coffee um, to, I don't know, do different like biochar fertilizers. So we worked with them to give them different alternatives um, of businesses that they could engage in while also farming and encouraging them to still keep farming, but then also look at this other aspect of, I could be farming, but at the end of the day, come back and be able to make myself um, uh, an African um, sandal, be able to sell that, get some money, while I'm also getting money selling my coffee when the harvest season comes. So that's, that's Ujana Coffee Project in brief. And it was a project, uh, pilot project that we had from 2019 um, to the close of 2020. It was really unique because we had it during um, when COVID-19 happened. And it was overwhelmingly a great opportunity for us to learn so much, to be able to listen to what was going on and work with our entrepreneurs differently. We had to modify the entire approach that we had used to see how we could create a hybrid, both um, using in-person trainings, but also 
online and offline um, learning, learning tools that we could use to reach out to the youth. So yeah, that was it was Yana Coffee project. Maybe Paul can tell you more about what he did with us. Yes, yes. from my experience in the Ujana Coffee project, first of all, the, this project, as I told you that I'm always happy sharing my skill with, with other youths out there. This project enabled us to share our, our skills as solution entrepreneurs to very many youths out there as there is a website launched with, 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 with solution guides and training tools. Yeah. We, we conducted trainings across the country throughout groups of youths. And then the, the other thing that, I, that, that makes me happy is because it is, is sharing this skill of sandal making with coffee farmers because the, the, the kind of sandals that I trained them to do is the kind of sandal that works well in their environments because having a sandal that has apparels as gin and the outsole as cataya treat, it, it is the very type of sandal that is needed in their community, which, is, which, which makes a very good market to them when they make them and I believe the, 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 the businesses they started out of this training, they must be performing very, very well because they started them in environments where they are needed. Okay, awesome. Um, Sheila, I had a, well, first of all, thank you for, for explaining the, the project more in depth to me. And it's interesting that, you know, Sawa World uh, continues to engage the entrepreneurs that they've helped throughout uh, their journey through different projects and through really creating this circle of giving back uh, and uh, allowing the skills to be taught all around. Uh, Shayla, I had, I had a question for you. Um, yes. So you talked about having a lack of funding for uh, potential pilot projects. Uh, can you talk about some of the exciting pilot projects that, that you're working on at the moment? Thank you, yes. Um, so at the moment, like we were talking about Ujana Coffee Project, it's one of them. Um, and we've created a web page, um, especially knowing that we don't have as much um, accessibility to the community large groups as we had before COVID. So we've been, um, we've been going and working with different partners to do a campaign where more, many more young people could be encouraged um, through their different networks to go online and learn different um, business skills. So that's why you see we have all the tools from videos that are shared within our local language, but with a subtitle of English to reach as many people as we can, uh, the solution posters. So, Ujana Coffee Project is still a pilot. We're still finding different ways in how we could um, scale it up and reach as many young coffee farmers, as many other young farmers that would be interested to learn. Um, then we also have a different project right now at Sawa. We are 
in the process brainstorming and coming up with different ideas on how best we reach uh, our community, especially right now um, with the COVID-19 restrictions. Um, why I keep bringing this up is because our model previously was more about bringing the people to the solution center or finding them in their communities to learn um, in large groups. But now, whilst that's not there anymore, we both put on our thinking caps and uh, we have constantly innovated. How do we reach them better? So we are in the process of getting learning tools, like they're called computer kennels. It's like the size of the palm of our hand. Um, and some we could put videos on it and have it di uh, distributed in our communities where people can just um, plug it in and watch and learn. So funding plays a key role to having all those different ideas implemented and tested and, and we get to see and learn from them how they're working and if not we get to adapt um, some of the learnings that have been successful and then we keep learning from those that have not so those are some of the um, projects that we have on ground and many more still in the pipeline awesome um, listen i have a last question for you shayla um, if another country, city, or community uh, wants to implement, you know, either Sawa World or, or something similar to it, what's some piece of advice you would have considering the challenges you faced when you first started up? Thank you. First of all, they are very welcome. Um, I would say, um, as like, because Sawal was founded by Daphne Nederhorst, our founder, and it was her lifelong passion to see um, a more equal and better world. First of all, if someone out there in any part of, parts of the world has that as a passion, wants to see a better world, um, I don't see any obstacle that could hinder that passion coming alive. Um, we've gone through ups and downs, but there's been more ups, there's been more celebrations, there's been more impact um, than the challenges. And I feel like every time you have some of those challenges, you only grow stronger. So I would advise them to um, reach out. We are available, we'd love to help, we'd love to um, share our learnings, um, share how our model works. But most importantly, not to give up. Um, we have a saying that one of our entrepreneurs uh, usually loves to say, start small, start now. So that's what I would tell them. Start small, start now. Okay, awesome. I mean, I, I also think that can apply to, you know, any project anyone would have. You know, it's really start now and, and stop thinking about it and actually do it. Um, yeah. And I have I have a last question for Paul, and this this will be... How we uh, how we end the podcast, uh, Paul? Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years from now, that will be twenty twenty six. First of all, we 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 are planning to have set up a production plant by then that can produce at least two hundred fifty pairs of sandals a day of quality sandals a day with this production plant we'll have a section of a, a, a training section that trains people from the community and then we, we must have started exporting our sandals and 
we are looking for ways of starting other, of, of, of putting up more training hubs in different places of our country. Where we start a branch, we also start a training hub because this most especially in the part of the on the part of the world where I stay, there is still so much need of footwear. And I don't I don't look at it as a business idea or as a source of in a source of wealth for myself, but I look at it as a source of betterment for each and every youth or for my fellow youths out there. So I, I, our hopes in the part in the part of the world where I stay are now dying in becoming a minister for someone to become rich or in becoming a president for someone to become rich because only one person in the 45 million Ugandans can become a president. But also the 40, also the rest have to, to have to find something to eat. So this is something that I so much believe that when, when done or when participated in can change someone's life. So I want to so much participate in other people getting this skill in their heads so that those who are awake can earn something from it and have a better life like I do. And if we all have better lives, then it will be a better world to live. Okay, well, I think the it's a good way to end with these inspiring words. Uh, thank you to both of you. This was super insightful, very interesting stuff. Uh, and thank yeah, I, re I really hope, you know, other communities and cities are going to replicate this model because it's so, it's so efficient, so, so simple, but, but so, uh, so important. And uh, yeah, I really admire uh, both of your work. Thank you so much, Timothy. We also just want to thank you and celebrate you for telling stories like ours and shedding a light on what we're doing and also just being very interested in our work. Um, so thank you so much for giving us the platform to um, have a voice for our work and the community at large. Of course, yeah. I'll, I'll post all the links uh, to Sowa World uh, in the podcast description uh, so Thank that you. You, everyone can, can listen uh, and everyone who, who's listening can check out their work. Uh, feel free to donate uh, because as you heard for 40 minutes, they're doing just awesome stuff. Uh, so really don't, don't hesitate. Uh, but thank you both. Have a great day. Have a great night. Sorry. Thank you. Thank Have you a great likewise. day. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye-bye.